Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Just a noise. Just a noise to start it off. Yeah, and I also said good morning and I was right behind the guy. <laughs> he looked round and said as if to say what? Good morning. Good morning. This is uh, running commentary with Paul <laughs> Tonkinson and me Rob Deering. Sounds pretty roadie, doesn't it? But that's because we've just stepped out of London's Gospel Oak station. But that's so that we can immediately turn left life. here into, look, 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 ooh, ooh, Hampstead Heath. Nice, like it, immediately like it. Even when I'm with my boots. Hang on the corner there. East Coast, I don't know what you're thinking of it. We're coming in via Parliament Hill Fields with this brilliant, slightly George Orwell Lido. It's funny because it's really 30s and miserable, but it's also in Hampstead, so it's lined at stainless steel. So we're kids, planning. We're going to kids. We're going to run. We're going to get a bit of distance in today, aren't we? It's a long one. It's yeah. twenty, isn't it? We want to break twenty today. In the uh, unless it breaks us. Yes, it's 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 a battle of attrition between us and the big two zero here in old London town. Phase one, Hampstead Heath. So this is your this is your first long long run. We did a 17, didn't we? Yeah. A few weeks ago. 17 is the longest I've run in this training cycle. And, the f- and I've re- there was the Bath Half the other day, which you heard about last week, which isn't as far, but I did run no. faster. Yeah. But you've run more. You've, you've been getting the miles in. What's your story? My story. What is my story? <laughs> I, uh, well... Running past the school there. Yeah. I um, I really enjoyed the bath half, and I was quite surprised that I was fairly nippy in the bath half. Yeah, yeah. Because it was measured a bit long, wasn't it? Yeah, apparently. That feels quite controversial to say. Yeah, yeah. You can put it out there. But, but some out, talk but it of it being about like long. Yeah. Point two five of a mile further. Well, point one five. Is that what Came you got? Came in at 13.25. Right. And a half marathon. Should be 13.1. Should be 13.1. Yeah. 
That's that, that about 45 seconds of running, isn't it? That does make me feel better about my big sprint for the finish, which when here I go, I'm sprinting for the... Oh, it's really fast. Yeah. <laughs> Still sprinting, <laughs> looking for the finish. But like we say, that's a half marathon. It's 13.1 miles run at the best pace we can do. Yeah. We're going to attempt to run half as far as that again. Yeah. At least. Slow. And take it slow. Take it nice and slow. And so I found myself lapping, mile lapping during that half marathon about sort of 6.49 miles. Yeah. Which felt okay. So I just didn't think I was going to be able to do that for a while. So he got me thinking about trying to run the marathon a bit faster. So I feel like I'm on a slightly accelerated, getting better thing. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm, I'm balancing it out with the fact that my body's falling apart. Well, I find it interesting. I want to come back to what you're expecting from the marathon, what your new, your yeah. revised goals are. But I saw a Runners World article two, today, yeah. which is <laughs> two 24-year-olds <laughs> might get to 24. Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, Runners World were having a discussion today. They were saying there's, like, a scientific discussion about whether, you know, talent is innate right. plus training. Yeah. Or you can train for something. It's, it's interesting, and it's interesting to draw together studies to see if you can find out the truth. But ultimately, it seems there's a common sense issue there where you can kind of be... You, in life, you find yeah. what you're good at, but you don't... Yeah. That is the first step. And, uh, Should we go right? Should we might as well do the field as well, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Good idea. Um, we're just following the perimeter of uh, Hampstead Heath. So, as Paul says, we're going to get right over there and cover this bit, bit of green. Country. Good for our knees as well yeah. to get on the grass. Um, yeah, it's funny. In life, I think you find the things you're good at um, or that you enjoy. Hopefully, there's some crossover yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're, you know, certain opera singers and comedians. Um, and then you train. That's the first step on the road. And the next thing you do is you try and get good at it. Yeah. But I don't know. Is there anyone with no innate talent or attraction for something who just thinks, oh, sorry, I'll train up for it anyway. And then I th- get I think good. Does that happen? I think running's one of those things where you can get, you can do really well. Yeah. By training loads. It's no coincidence to me that I'm getting faster as I run more. Yeah, but I think you're definitely... But at the same time, I'm, I'm innately okay at running. You're an innate runner. That's, that's, it. that's what made me think of it, because I know that, you know, in a way, I think if you're listening to running commentary, you're thinking, oh, Paul's doing great. And you were always a keen and steady runner, but when we were running this time a year ago or more... I wasn't running. You weren't engaged with it much at yeah. all. Yeah. And yet, it's like you've... Like you say, you're an accelerated... Uh, improvement curve well, I, and, uh, uh, and I think that that's because you've kind of woken up you're in a runner it was, it was yeah I think I have I mean I, I, went, I went for a run a couple of days before the bath half yeah and I thought I'll just do like seven miles fartlek <laughs> and uh, and so I was doing it so I was doing all these bursts and, and I really enjoyed it. And I started feeling that I was running in a bit of a different way yeah. to how I had been. I, my stride was a bit looser and I just felt a bit more... Loosey-goosey. You know, I just felt a bit more running like I used to run. Yeah, yeah. And it is, it is a difference, yeah. But at the same time, I'm worried now about just getting injured and tra- overtraining like a nutter, you know? Yeah, you've got to watch that. Particularly at our extreme age. Yeah. But also... Extreme age. The, the other interesting thing, coming back to... Uh, 
recurring theme is that you've always been a runner, whereas I'm a late comer to runner. And An yet, Arivist. Yeah. Arivist. <laughs> Arivist for men. <laughs> Ponte, don't, let's not turn right here, though, because we get pretty that wet. That beautiful. That's is gorgeous. Is that people swimming there? Not this one, but we're getting right. to the swimming pond shortly. Oh, come on. Sorry, guys. Uh, is that a new, uh, new phone? Stop it. Look at that beautiful pond we're going past. But we run on. But even though I came to running late, I still found it in myself. That's why I wanted to do it, you know. And I, it was all, of all the exercises I was doing when I lost weight, I was like, oh, now I like this. Yes. And then I was able to look back and think, wait a minute. I was surprisingly good at running at school, even when I wasn't good at anything else. Yeah. I wasn't trying, you know. So there's definitely... I don't know who you'd be to be someone who... I suppose that with running in particular, people do do it because they feel they ought to. And just yeah, to you get some people get say, I run but I hate it. Yeah, quite a lot of people say that. And then you've got to separate those people out into people who sort of hate it but kind of transcend. Yeah. And also love it. And other people who just hate it. Yeah. It's not a transcendent at all. No, they just do it because they have to do it, so I feel they have to. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And of course they don't have to. No. When those people say, what should I be doing with my running? I'm not enjoying it. I always say, just stop, just stop running. Yeah. It's a bit like it's being... Okay. You know, it's forced. It's a bit right. like being vegetarian and saying, oh, I wish I could have a bacon sandwich. I said, go on then. <laughs> <laughs> you can. Hello. It's Life is setting in the film. What film? Troy? He says, take it. <laughs> it's yours. Eats the bacon sandwich. He was right. He was right about that. Feel free to stop running, but if you... I mean, I'm paraphrasing. He wasn't talking about bacon sandwiches. No. And ultimately, some people don't eat pork because of their religious beliefs rather than their Good dietary choices. But Good on you. So just, just make it steak instead. But then some people don't eat beef because of their religious rather than dietary. The initial point stands. We're coming at you. Let's be running straight into that fence. Yeah. There's actually quite a lot of... Um, Building work going on in Hampstead Heath is surprisingly um, well. It's Hampstead, isn't industrial. it? Industrial. There's constant building going on in Hampstead. Also, like those guys weren't working on the drains; they were they're working on the basement. And it's just a massive oligarch basement that goes right underneath. I hate him. That oligarch. <sighs> that bloke back there. I didn't want to talk about it at the time because he would have hit me. But um, he was uh, wearing a uh, surgeon's. What is something here? Yeah, they're they're. they're what is it? They're redoing the base of a pond, and it is not beautiful. Is that, so that's where people go swimming, is it? Yeah, not today, though. Right. It's not ideal for swimming today. I was going to say, I've got my shorts. <laughs> Where's the changing rooms? <laughs> yeah, the guy back there doing the work, yeah, he's wearing a paper mask to keep the dust out. Yeah. <laughs> it was quite a pointy yellow paper mask. He's Full quite dust. near the ponds. Right, yeah. He looked like he'd come in fancy dress as a duck. <laughs> I didn't point it out to him. He's a big man in big boots. So this is nice. Yeah, this is good. So why don't we go up there? Let's yeah, take we're the there. edge. We're taking every little right turn. We're running anti-clockwise around the heath. And every Try time there's an option to keep right, we're keeping right. Just to, it, yeah. to keep the perimeter under us. Because we want to run about a six... Seven miles in Hampstead Heath before we move on to the rest of London. And um, I reckon it's not that far round. I think no. it's probably quite far round. 
I think we'll probably clock about four. Right, okay. So what we should do is kind of a spiral. So we go round the edge. Okay. See how far we've gone. Okay. And then go round again, but investigate the inner bit a little bit more. I'm yours, mate. I'm at Sound your mercy. good? I, uh, shall I tell you about my 20 mile last week? Yeah, so where, where, just, where? Just to frustrate you as somebody who doesn't like laps. Yeah. This is what I did. I think we leave I, the park uh, if we go that way. I ran... To Finsbury Park. Yeah. Did two laps. <laughs> I ran to Clissold Park. How far is the lap of Finsbury Park? One mile? About a mile, yeah. Nice bang on, yeah. I ran to Clissold Park. Yeah. Did six laps. <laughs> I, th- I then ran to Highgate you... Woods down the Patland Way and did another three laps before coming out. Yeah, Highgate was very beautiful. That was very lappy, laps. wasn't it? Six laps of Clissold Park. Did you have a moment when you got to lap four of Clissold Park? Were you, uh, did you get a bit zen? It was fine, I don't mind the odd lap thing, because you can turn off, you know. Yeah, well, you're much more monkish in a CT with that. You did say, though, that you didn't really want to run 20 again on your own. No, no, no. You didn't use the the words, because that might make me kill again. But that was the subtext. (laughs) It did did feel a bit long on my own, I must say. (laughs) Which is where... Running commentary comes in. Hello! For all you lone runners out there. Yeah, and thanks, everyone, by the way. You've really been keeping in touch, telling us what you're up to. We've got... um, uh, Vicky, who's been running past Jane Austen's house, training for the marathon. Um, Kev Atten. Yes. I noticed who did the uh, 20 mile the other week. He's very chatty. He's been pushing Strava on us, hasn't he? Yes, that's right. We're trying Strava out on your recommendation and on Ian Mullins' recommendation. Actually, a couple of you did the uh, um, uh, Liverpool half marathon, which sounded like that was yeah. good. Just a beautiful day for half marathons. It was great. Talk us through your half marathon then, mate, because we had slightly... I mean, it was a shared experience for a while, wasn't it? And then something that we talked about reared its ugly head, didn't it? Yeah, I had a wee. I had a massive wee. Yeah. It was a really good wee. <laughs> <laughs> but from my point of view, I was like... There's always that thing with, like, mass races, isn't it? About mass racism. Whether you run with someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really, you don't want to, do no, you? No, we don't want to. Because I love running with you now, but yeah. when there's 20,000 people there as well... You just want to run your own, you want to have your own journey through it, don't you? We had a very lucid discussion of it, sort of on the start line, saying, you, you've got, you're like you say, exactly as you say, it's your own journey, you want to, the dialogue you have with yourself to get yourself around the long run is quite enough of a stress, yeah. of a mind bender, without thinking, and what's he doing, where's, where's he Rob? going? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, you might disagree, we know we're not the only people who run with friends. Yeah, I'm sure some, some people of you run in pairs or in groups. And the other thing, of course, which is becoming clear and is really useful, is that we're not running exactly the same pace when it comes to getting up to speed. No, but that was interesting because we, were, we started off together, which was sort of irritating in a way, wasn't it? Yeah, we couldn't get away from it's each like, other. Oh, we go. Along. And we were doing about 6.55s. Yeah. And then you went to, you went to the cars. Yeah. And I, I thought... This is great. Too much coffee. I don't Rob's come. gone to the cars. I had coffee in Cardiff. Yeah. Got the train down to Bath. Oh, I need another coffee. I had a little double espresso there. And uh, You were caffeinated. I was caffeinated to the max. And it also, I think, just, you know, it just shut me down. I was, I was like a steel pipe. Right. I, I wanted hydration. But equally, I needed a week. You've got to go easy on the coffee, haven't you? Yeah, I've got to go easy. A little bit's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's also good to go green tea. As the same 
It's a natural caffeine effect. Right. Give you that lift. That's a shame we can't go over there, isn't it? Uh, I think, though, I think more maybe we can't. No, we can't. No, we can't. Bastards. But I think you saying that just then, I think we've just cleared the last of the building work. It's going to get a little get bit over more. there to that other section. Of the this is very beautiful, this pond yeah. behind this fence here. And like Paul says, we'd like to be on the other side of this pond. But then there's plenty of gorgeous Hampstead Heath. But you went to the... Uh, you went for a wow's yeah. at about two miles. Of course, that's a term that people use in different ways. And Let's I thought, clear, it was it? Right. <laughs> and I just thought, oh, great. Let's run off yeah. as quickly as possible so it can't catch me up. Oh, did you now? So I did. New information. But, but, but I realised that my natural pace was a bit quicker than the one we'd been doing. Yeah. Because I just felt fine at like 6.40, 45, 49. Yeah, yeah. So there's lessons there. Absolutely. For you, don't drink too much coffee. And for me, I can go a little bit swifter. Yeah. But ultimately, I don't mind weeing. I did a wee early on on my uh, Yorkshire Marathon when I got my PB. I mean, I really need that wee and I had too did much coffee. you associate yet. it with a PB then, a kind of wee PB? Do you have a sort of separate section? <laughs> no, I just think it can be done. PBs involving urination. I think when it comes down to it, when you're running distance, you, uh, you're going to have to include looking after yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I wee a lot. Yeah. A lot of coffee, tiny blood. Yeah. Three hours, I'm going to be on my way. It's not a problem. As long as you don't use it as an excuse, think, oh, I, I can have a wee now. It'll be a good excuse to stop. Yeah. You want to be Which thinking, I'll have a wee now. And uh, we've managed, by the way, to turn hard right and run around the other side of that pond. So that's good. Very nice. I wanted to still be looking at diggers, and I can. But I found in Bath... So was it a long and powerful oh, yeah. stream? Yeah. It was, was it like a horse? It was like, it was like imagine if you had a 500-milliliter um, bottle of mineral water <laughs> and squeezed it through a straw. Clear, pure, and loads of it. That's a very enjoyable moment. Yeah, it was great. And also, I was listening. I was going to say, actually, this connects to your... Um, what we were saying about... Uh, running lots of laps and yeah. getting in the zone, is that I was uh, listening to music. Right. I was listening to a song by Public Service Broadcasting. All right. Around the perimeter. Around the perimeter. The perimeter. But we're, back going, we're going back on ourselves here. Are we? Yeah, totally. Well. Gonna, but that's okay. Got to get the miles up. Um, so uh, we, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, Public Service Broadcasting. All right. We've got this song from their album, The Race for Space where they lose contact with Jim Lovell on the dark side of the moon. Yeah. And it goes really quiet and really dramatic. And then they re-establish contact and the music swirls. It's like, yeah! And it, that's exactly the length of my wee. I was <laughs> weeing for exactly the amount of time Jim Lovell was swirling like around the dark side of the moon. It was, that sounds like a perfect... It was really special. But was your enjoyment of it slightly tempered by the fact that you were losing time? No. no. Right, OK. No, because... Um, it was early on. Yeah. Had to get it out of the way. And uh, still time, though, isn't it? You can keep talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> My opinion's not going to change. Just because it was early on in the experience doesn't mean that time didn't exist. Yeah, but I'm not fit. I, I, I found that my bath half experience was great because... You, you're fairly fit. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. Right, mate. But I'm not at my... Uh, you're my not your fittest, but you are fit, though. Yeah. And I think that the, the comparison, and I mean this in a totally... Positive way, I felt really good. 
I thought the bath half I was very psychologically in a good place because I ran steady. Yeah. I ran exactly the time I wanted to run. Yeah. And like you say, <coughs> excuse me, I am fit and I felt fine. Felt fine afterwards. Yeah, no. Feel particularly good since. So physically and psychologically, well, it's been great. But in terms of going to the toilet and your fitness, I was also aware that I'm basically running morning magpie two for joy there, two for joy running did you see two then yeah there's two just good, by the fence good. there I was lucky little sods there's three actually there's one up there all right it's a magpie attack four ah! they'll kill us all they'll kill us all hitchcock you know what they say one for sorry two for joy Three for a girl, four, four for, for a boy, Here we go. five for silver, so we got six for gold. We've got to turn back now, because we've gone back on ourselves. Can we not go back in up there, I wonder? No, because we're going to have we to. Get also, we're going to show these magpies we're not afraid of them. So what did it tell you then? It told you that you're fit, well, told me that I'm you getting that your there. ribs had recovered. Psychologically, that I could do it, but it wasn't a trot. You know, even my last half marathon, which was two weeks after Berlin, it felt like a bit of a trot, I realised right. how. I don't know if other people, you must have experience in this, listeners, where you, you, you train for a big run. Yeah. And then just afterwards, you're kind of, I get kind of stupidly surprised at how fit I am. Yeah. Realised that Royal Park's half in October. I was achy from Berlin. But on the other hand, of course, two weeks after a marathon which I'd trained for, you really totally ready to do a half marathon. That's a great thing about about marathons. It really sets you up for a spring marathon. Really sets you up for a super fit summer. Yeah, that's right. Because you're just crazily fit. Yeah, yeah. A week later, it's just like, wow. And I'm feeling that I'm after fit. Bath, but in Bath, you know, and I think that we can pace it out really well. But in Bath, that, I mean, if it was, and we're not saying it was, but if it was. Slightly further than 13.1 oh, miles. definitely was. It was I, definitely uh, was. Well, I felt it. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, oh, <laughs> it's a little bit too far. Yeah. Whereas uh, on other occasions, I have not really. I've got to the end of a half, I've got to the end of a great north run, for example, and it did it and thought, I feel great. Right. And then immediately thought, I should have run faster. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm running to the peak of my current fitness. That's all you can ask. But my fitness it? is growing. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's really interesting. And also, running with you. It's brilliant because I get this, I get to let myself off. I'm like, well, he's fit, he's running faster than me. But actually, you're very much... I'm dragging you around as well. Yeah, you're, you're, you're the hare to my greyhound, not tortoise. Greyhound. Right. Let's get right up these steps. And... Um, that was interesting because... Because <laughs> we did a park run the other day. And you did really, you, you were swift then. Yeah, and I didn't even think about it. I just thought, oh, there he goes. I'll never catch him. But I'm going to go with him. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're coming in at 20 minutes and one second. And I'm thinking, oh, he's great. He's really fit. And I'm coming in at 20, 25. Thinking, oh, well, one day. You know what I mean? It's just but two sides of a very similar coin. But really. that was faster than you had done thus far this year. Fastest this year, yeah. On that course as well, that which is crazy fast, isn't it? No, it's not. It's not it's exactly. I'd actually like to state that on my watch... It was 1959. There's something wrong with your watch. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, tiresome to uh, to do, you know, when you're aiming for a time like that. But that's the job with measuring to a, to a time like that. My friend uh, Natalie, you know Natalie Haynes, you know. Yes. She's just uh, done her first uh, half marathon, and she did it in two hours and seven seconds. Right. So instead of thinking, 
Yay, I've done a half marathon. Yay, two hours. She's thinking, oh, seven seconds. Yeah. And that's a shame. because Surely that's the most. Surely it's better to run a 3.5 marathon than a 3 and 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. I was chatting to some uh, fellow at a party the other week, a 50th party, and I noticed the gaunt expression and the nervous sipping of the water. He's I not detected runner. he was a runner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was actually wearing shorts and a vest. Yeah, he and was I, running. Uh, yeah. He had to rug with tackle. And I... Uh, now that you're injured, marathon, let's talk. And his favourite... His, uh, his best time for a marathon was three hours one. Oh! And he... Yeah. He was okay about it, but... You could tell it was... How long ago was it? more of it. How long a few ago? years, yeah. and he's aiming for faster this year at London. Yeah. But he went into this kind of rhapsody about time and <laughs> measuring time and how one man's three or one's another how old man's was he? 259. How old is he now? He's like late 40s. Yeah. When you said he went into this rhapsody, I really thought you were going to say he went into this rap. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to London. I'm going to beat my time up. Oh, good man. Serious mud action. Check this out. Oh, my word. Great mud. Oh, where we, yeah, we won't go in there. Should we do this bit? That's, we've and just was, a little wade through that. He was sort of seriously suggesting that he might have beaten three hours. He got into sort of like philosophical concepts about the, the elasticity of time and yeah. whether it exists and stuff. <laughs> and it's like... And it doesn't sound as if he's like, as okay with it as you said. <laughs> well, I think we've talked before about Barry Castagnolo who wanted a four-hour marathon and uh, got a four hours and 30 seconds marathon Ooh. and so got his marathon photos of him on the finish line right. swearing. <laughs> <laughs> shouting and howling oh. at the moon. Oh. <laughs> Ew. Oh, this is this is manky. We're running, we're running through some brilliant. It's just getting mankier and mankier. We found the muddiest part of this is like that Manchester Amsterdam. Park Run with the waist deep puddles. Hello, Manchester Park Run, lovely Park Run, Woo. South Manchester. But Woo. my goodness, it's. Woo. Uh, Woo. Oh. Are you out? Yes. So am I. Farewell, muddy space. So. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's. I well, mean, that brings us full circle. To I mean, the thing is, if you if you accept, I got cold. Yeah, you have to sort of accept the concept of time if you're going to run a marathon and try and beat a time. Yeah. Presumably, if he'd run two fifty nine, he would have accepted the concept of time. We're running through a little side garden. Exactly, he measured it, and also he got home in time for tea. Yeah. We're running through a little side garden. It's quite pretty. We've come hard right into it. And that means that we're going to run back, pop out the other gate, and then, then what will happen? We'll go through that bloody mud again. I uh, remind you of bumping into Matt Welcome once at Crouch End. Yeah. Starbucks. Stand-up comic. Did you ask him if anyone was sitting with him? No, I didn't. Actually, no. <laughs> well, I didn't back. stop to sit. He was, he was working on his laptop. Bit of background. Lovely fella. Really bright. Quite a sort of... Amateur philosopher, scientist, thinker. borderline eccentric thinker. Yep. And he said, uh, I said, I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm writing. I said, what are you writing on? He said, I'll get you coming through here. <laughs> yeah, you ruined it. <laughs> he, said, he said, I'm working on uh, a book about how time doesn't exist. <laughs> 
that's interesting. He said, how long do you think that's going to take? Yeah, he said, <laughs> he said, really, there's no concept of time. It's just grading change. It's just things happening, but it's no, there's no actual time. Yeah. And he was working on this book to send to Stephen Hawking. Yeah, yeah. Because Hawking. he just thought Stephen needed to know. Sort of thing. <laughs> Rendering his brief history of time kind of pointless. Now, I remember Matt explained that to me. He said... Because there's no time as such, because there's what we remember, and then there's a future, and then there's now. But this yeah. now has already gone. And I was like, yeah, I get that. So what's the rest of the book going to say? But we measure, we can go left and avoid that. Good idea. We're avoiding the mud. Abort. Abort. But surely, I get the fact that time is measuring, but it's measuring something, isn't it? Absolutely. Something's happening, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a way of We're getting older. Yeah, I think so. Time is happening. We're back on the main heath here. It's lovely. It's quite bleak, but in a good way. It's a bit Wuthering Heights. Heathcliff! I am... Uh, and of course, that's the irony with Matt Welcome of a guy's not bothered about time as a comic. You're obsessed with time. Exactly. Because you get booked for 20 minutes and you know exactly how long 20 minutes feels. Well, there's that Adam Bloom joke. Full credit to Adam, who said it was about him, but I think it's by him as well. He said his girlfriend said, look, can we just not talk about uh, comedy for 20 minutes? Yeah. He said, yeah, can I get a light at 19? <laughs> <laughs> good for him. He's I love funny. He's funny. Yeah, he's funny. He's good at jokes. Yeah. Here we are. We're going to go right here to circumnavigate this. And up, is, that where we, is that where we came in there? No, no. All right. Oh, not even close. We're still running away from Gospel Oak. All right, okay. Running away together. Running away from. Is that Kenwood House there? I think it might be the beginnings of Kenwood House, yes. We'll soon find out. Um, so, three hours and one second. Is that what you're going for then on the 24th of April? I really don't know. Because it's less than. No. We're only about a month away now from. In fact, yeah, five, six weeks. It's a month tomorrow. I'm hitting. uh, I'm hitting some targets that indicate I could do something quite fast, but I just... I don't just think archery do the is miles. the right way to train. No, you're right. Have I misunderstood about hitting these targets? I went for a... Uh, I went for a run the other day. Sort of 10, 11 miles. Fuck, lick! And I did uh, some bursts, including one mile in 5.44. Ooh, so that's a fast mile. Yeah, but it's mostly downhill. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's a long but unless gradual you're rolling inside a tyre, that's still good It's a long gradual pace. downhill, which is great. And it just means you can just go like Where was that? Where was that hill? It's it's the one coming down from Ali Pali. Oh, yeah. You know when you run down Ali Pali and then around the back there? Yeah. So I just leg it down there to the bottom. Nice. And it was 5.44, so... Very good. So that felt good. But, you know, it's a long way of 5.44 on the flat. I know, but we are clocking... Both of us on slightly longer runs, park runs and 10Ks and half marathons are clocking some sub-seven miles. Yeah. So good times available. Well, you run a bit different to me, don't you? Yeah. Your steady state's a bit faster. Yeah, that's right. And I'm nudging it up. Right. I mean, I think last year, like you say, if I just went out for a run, just my usual seven miles on my own somewhere flat. In fact, I had a really good flat run on the disused railway near my mum's and I was, I was really steady. Yeah. And I was just clocking like 7.19. That's great. Just, you know, great without trying to, just boop, yeah. boop, boop, boop. Yeah. I'm just getting that fast again now. Yeah. But like you say, that is 
I can completely disengage at that pace. That's just me going along. Right. Because basically, my distance pace is my speed pace. Right. And that's what's been so interesting well, about well, doing your, this. Your pace is sort of the bath half as well. Oh, look, Misty London. That's beautiful. I've seen it. Really good. Really lovely. Probably can't see in the photo. It's too far away. Your bath half pace was about 7.20, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. That's right. That is your pace, isn't it? I mean, it was an hour... 36, but of course they measured it wrong, so I actually did it in hour 15. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to go to the toilet. You know. Fair enough, that's the boat to that. Um, <laughs> oh, Kenwood House. Kenwood House. Very nice. We're gonna run straight all the way to the toilet and go into it and pop out again without breaking stride for more than 30 seconds. <laughs> this is beautiful Kenwood House. Get a nice picture of it. Once we've, uh, it won't be a picture from inside the toilets. Is what I'm trying to say. Here's the toilet. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So, brief pause at Kenwood House for a wee there. And um, I, uh, we've done, I checked how far we've come. We've done just over three miles. Just over three miles. So, if we waggle back around, we might be able to, if we keep adding in our loops yeah. and taking the interesting stuff on board, like we have so far, then we should be able to get seven miles in without repeating ourselves over much. And also without repeating ourselves over much. Let's not repeat ourselves. We shouldn't repeat ourselves over this much. This is glorious though, isn't it? This, this is, is absolutely great. This is Kenwood House, if you don't know it. This it's is a stately home in... Uh, this. In, uh, it's Downton Abbey. <laughs> it's not, no, that's... Um, <laughs> oh, I've got to get it right now. That's... Uh, yeah. Anyway, this is the one in Notting Hill. Is it? Yeah. This is a Henry James novel. So, um, gorgeous is the lady running. 
the buzzing sounds hey. of Hampstead conversation. Now, if you look down here, there's a bridge over the lake, and that bridge is fake. It's just to make the view look nice. Is it? Yeah, it's basically cardboard. <laughs> and then we look have a magnolia. Wow, it's so nice here. Les enfants. Sorry if these pictures are blurry, but got to get some pictures, but we've got to keep running, right? Hampstead. It's just funny because these kids have got yellow hats and they're coming up past these daffodils. There's a lot of yellow top stuff. Oh yeah, forgot. Good. Turn right. Um, I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on something, something, something. That floats so far over Vale and Hills. Hills. I saw a bunch of kids a, a in bunch yellow of hats. Kids in daffodils. A host of glorious daffodils. Wait a minute, they're kids in hats. Morning, magpies. Morning. Man so with a motor up now. He's um, uh, mowing. And the uh, daffs are out. Yeah. All the magnolia. It's At spring, isn't it? I mean, it was a beautiful day yesterday. It was the, the clocks go forward at the weekend. At the end of this glorious non-winter winter. Yeah, absolutely. And spring has finally sprung. Yeah. Even though, it's, even though we've had daffs out since mid-January. Yeah. So... You're avoiding the question. What, what, How fast are you going to run a London Marathon? Well, I'm going to I'm going to try and beat three. I'm going to set off to beat three. Yeah. So so what's your window? Ideally, but best possible case scenario, three hours, just under anything under three. Two fifty nine, fifty nine. Yeah. And, and of course, as we've said before, the danger of going for that is that you you can blow out. Is that you just blow out and then you end up coming in like three twenty five weeping. You know, but that can happen so easily. But I think that you, you narrow down that danger. That's what we're doing. That's what this training is. That's what the long yeah. ones are. You kind of tidy it down to the point where it's not foolishness. It's no. not complete um, pie-in-the-sky stuff, you know? No, but the, what you realise as you're trying to hone in on three is that it's, it's quicker than seven-minute miles, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Seven-minute miles is three hours and two, sort of, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got a and once you get under that, you've got to be pretty swift for that to feel comfortable. Yeah. So it's trying to get comfy at 6.45s. All the way. Yeah. All the way. Yeah, let's go back into the here. And it's also trying to get your mind right so you can actually see the point in doing it. Yeah, yeah, When yeah. you're at 20 miles, like, I'm at, and you're just really tired and you just want to lie down and have a cake. Yeah. Do you know, you've got to sort of want to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And after once it gets to twenty, I don't really want to do anything but eat jelly babies and. I think London is out. quite well paced out for that because. Um, is that a path through there, sort of? Yeah, it's all closed off. We we'll go back. It's okay. good to go back because you know. There we go. We did a little extra loop there. Yeah. Out to a very picturesque car park, and now we're. Uh, Even the uh, car parks in Hampstead are nice. It's very nice, Hampstead yeah. Heath. I've actually wanted to run in Hampstead Heath for a really long time. It's been here all along. So, well, I think in, yeah, it's difficult not running from your own house, isn't it? Running companies made us want to find different spots and places. So, I think I had, a, I made a mistake in a previous marathon thing in, be good to do sub three, but also be good to be under three and a half. Yeah. It's too big a That's window. It's too broad a window. Yeah. That's right. But I think that yeah. you would like to do sub three, three but three, you'd be three, happy three with, three fifteen. happy with a PB, which and, is, yeah, which is three and nine. And anything underneath. 3.15 is good. Yes. You know. So. See, and I'm starting to... See, I'm not quite... I'm feeling great and better and better. But currently, 
it's not quite within my power to get through 15. But really? that could change over the next couple of weeks. Right. You know, it's so all about the net. If you can get a few good weeks in. Yeah. It's all about Well, and that's it's the all about March, isn't it? Getting I feel good really good. I went out on uh, on uh, this week and I did a good fast seven. Right. Like, as we say, you know, it was good pace, but I was just running. I wasn't trying to run at pace. Right. And uh, we had a good park run the other day. Yeah. Best park run of the year. So, if nothing else... You're getting better. Well, and starting to realise that I'm I'm running again. Yeah. You know? The timing That's is good. good feeling, isn't it? Yeah. But then, I've, I don't think I've noticed it before, but it's the, it's the running season, isn't it? You train through winter, and suddenly it just pops in all these runs. Half marathons and the London Marathon, and there was a, just the last couple of weekends. There's as many runs as daffodils just popping up, and yeah. people loving them, and it makes sense. It's lovely. It's linked to it's such a good feeling as a runner when spring comes, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Even though maybe it's a British thing, it's not like we hate running in bad weather, and I don't really like running in the heat. Yeah, but. See, spring, love, spring is just spring is hope. I love running in the heat. Yeah, I love a summer's day. I love a summer sort of about four p.m. dusk. Yeah, get out in the woods at dusk. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's just a good bit of woodland. Yeah, we've just stepped into some good woods here. <laughs> it's quite exciting. This following the edge of the heat. We are going all different ways. I've never been when walking with the family or of whatever. Course, some for some areas of the heath that might get more friendly than others. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think people seeing us running off into these woods yeah. are going to assume that we're not just running. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was a good, we've done a little climb and now we're contouring through the top of the woods and it's, it's really quite dramatic. The main path through the heath is way down on the left through the trees. It's very uh, hilly. Daffodils might not be the only... Thing popping out, hilly spring on the heath. <laughs> I was once uh, driving across the heath. It was about two in the morning. I was coming back from a gig. Yeah. Warning. Slightly rude anecdote coming up. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to be too. I'm going to keep it BBC One, BBC Two. Good. I'm going to pitch it about half nine, ten o'clock. Okay. Nothing too dangerous. Because you're aware that the heath is an area where friendly men might want to meet up with friendly men. It's, uh, there's activity, isn't there, that goes on? Yeah, I have to say this extended circuitous talking is just making it worse. <laughs> <laughs> and, and especially as we're on a circuitous route through quite a mysterious little corner of the heath. Yeah, we are trying to build a podcast audience uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, suitable for work as well. So, yeah, cut, cut, cut to the chase. Or, uh, well, basically, know, or entirely cut. <laughs> as I was yeah, go on, go on. driving across the heath about two, I saw a bloke in a big <laughs> coat pleasuring himself by the side of the road. Oh, there it is. With, with, with an... Uh, with an invitational grin as I drove past. I didn't recognise him. I can't believe I didn't you know with an with an for such a long time. <laughs> I wonder what he was doing it with for a second. Such a relief that that was an invitational grin. <laughs> it was an invitation I, I refused. 
Um, <laughs> but listen, good luck to him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, nice of him to be so friendly. Yeah, absolutely. Who says people aren't friendly in London? <laughs> <laughs> Won't tap on up north. I think it would. <laughs> I was doing a gig in... Uh, I do quite a lot of gigs in Cheltenham and Gloucester, enough to know that it's not just Cheltenham and Gloucester, it's kind of, ooh, Cheltenham and Gloucester. So, morning, Magpie. And I'd done this gig, and I thought... I got myself a takeaway after the gig. Yeah. And even though it was late at night, I thought, well, I'll go and sit somewhere nice and eat my dinner like you would if it was daytime, you know. Yeah. Oh, went by. So, like I you would if it was daytime, even though it's dark. Yeah, exactly. So I drove up to the viewing point at Birdlip Hill. And you know, there was a lot of people up there. Yeah. Loads of people. It was pretty busy. A lot of people having a look to see what I was doing and quite disappointed to find me just eating a takeaway. <laughs> just normal. Because they were quite drunk with <laughs> Well, Friday night, Saturday They were night. just expecting something more exciting than yeah. someone tucking into a Chinese. This is nice. Yeah. Nice little clearing in the woods. That's good. A little cabin in there. Shouldn't anything bad will happen in that cabin. Let's just like stop here the, and have a... Uh, like at the doorway of the cabin with an invitational <laughs> grin. Wood, wood cutting. Wood How chopping. much wood? Could wood chuck chuck. If wood chuck could chuck wood. So you've got to do appropriate training, not archery, not the kind of stuff they get up to. So question: If you can get the miles in the legs, and it's time on your feet. Like now, we're running quite slowly, of course. Yes. Yeah, which but is. But by great. the end of it, we'll have run from out three and a quarter hours. Yeah, which is great, and that's invaluable. It's getting time on the Absolutely. Running, your body getting used to long distances. I went skiing last week. Did some yeah. gigs out in the Alps. Yeah. And uh, skied during the day. And what was funny was, I mean, I skipped a run. I was only one run because Bath half counted for Monday. Yeah. I went on Monday. And I ran when I got back on Friday. But I skipped a run. I thought, well, I'm getting some exercise skiing. So I'll be all right. But then... What was funny was, right. pretty much the only time, yeah, the only time I ran while I was uh, there, I jogged across the road on the last morning to kind of get in the car after taking a photo of a mountain. And uh, in that moment, I thought, okay, so skiing, not good training for running. Because it was just, it's your thighs, isn't it? Yeah, all the wrong muscles yeah. are just really hurting. Going, no! So... It's great psychologically to be out in the, in the mountains, though, isn't it? Absolutely. And skiing is great psychologically. Oh, it's such a hoop. It's like, it is like I've never been, I'm very lucky because I've never taken myself on a skiing holiday, but I've been taken on a few. And um, it's just such a good thing. I mean, at a very basic level, you feel like James Bond, you know. On the, this time last week, I was... Skiing on a beautiful day down past an uh, airfield wow. for light aircraft half up the mountain. There's planes taking off. And I was thinking, I'm like James Bond. The good thing swooshing down past this airfield. The only thing is, James Bond wouldn't be thinking, I'm like James I Bond. I think my trousers are going to fall down. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got the skiing, last time I was skiing was a day. First of all, they booked me for this gig. It was a surprise gig. And they said, Can right. you ski? I said, Yeah, I ski. Yeah. And then I had to think about it. Yeah, I ski. I think it's okay. 10 to 12 years since I'd skied. But that's so, <laughs> did you ski when you were a kid? No. no. Right. I skied as a grown up. 
But I got the ski stuff out of the uh, loft. Yeah. It was taped. You know, it was a bit like opening a time capsule. Right. It's been a long time. It was behind everything else. It was taped in. And I got it out and irritating me and satisfying me. My old skiing clothes were enormous. Right. Well, I knew I used to be fatter. According to these, I was also taller. Well done, mate. Come on. Yeah. Fantastic. But the real effect of it wasn't I had to go skiing in my wife's skiing trousers. Right. And she'll be thinking they were falling down because she's bigger than me. That is not my implication No, of course not. The, no. belt, the belt's gone. I no. needed some braces or something. So, uh, did you find yourself, could you pick up skiing fairly well then after the long break? Yeah, yeah, I did. It was still there. It's a funny balancing act because, you know, the guys I was with, I was with two snowboarders, both highly skilled. Right. And they were really nice about it. They weren't putting any pressure on me, but being really patient, making sure I stayed on the easy runs. Really but they're still looking after Rob. Well, because they're much better than me. Yeah, of course. And... Uh, but, but still, the pressure's there, and the boarding's faster, you know, so yeah. just for your own, just to not embarrass myself, I had to step up, and, you know. It's pretty dangerous ski. Yeah, and I'm scared of the heights and stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a challenge, but I'm it's a great challenge. It. I can do it, but I'm not very good at it. Yeah, well, we should go. We should do a skiing commentary special, although staying close enough to do this. <laughs> ski cross country <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of that. That's Nordic. Cool. Yeah, I just think you want to say more words in a in a funny way. Nordic. 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 But it's great. It's good for you. Obviously, you're at altitude as well, so it's good for for your cardio and all that yeah. stuff. Just being out there, and if you can get out for a run in the Alps, it's gorgeous. And it's it? great psychologically. Yeah. You know, for keeping going. I mean, the great thing maybe it's just me and my skills at skiing, but I don't think so. I think that it would be the same for anyone. Is you kind of sometimes you think I feel great and I'm completely in charge, and then and then you think oh, I'm scared. Yeah, I need to hold control, and ultimately your body is looking after the situation. Yeah, you've and got. You've got the good thing about skin is you do have to focus a little bit on getting down the mountain, which means that you you're not thinking about work and all that stuff. You no, think that's it's right. Quite relaxing. You get a rest from all the other thoughts that constantly. That's right, because it's a job head. of work. That's right, exactly. And also within that. You have that kind of bravery. I mean, I haven't got that much time for facing you. We can go, can go back in. That's on the road, mate. We can get back in. All right. Um, we're popping up at the ponds up uh, near Golders Green. I can't remember what these ponds are. Jack Straw's Castle. Big pub just up the hill from Golders Green where I used to live. Hey, Jack Straw. Paul's right there. We're very much not on the heath anymore. So we won't run up to this pond here. And go left and get back on okay. the heath. Um, you know, I don't really hold with that whole facing, do something every day you're afraid of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it seems a bit no. simplistic. I say do something every day you like. Yeah. You'll be dead soon. Um, but having said that, I felt it a bit here. I mean, people do it with the, with the uh, running. You know, they do, like I say, they do it and they don't enjoy it. I just think, I don't know. But... I felt like I was on top of it, and there's a nice, fundamental, technical ways that you need to do that when you're skiing. Yes. Like, yeah. it's easier to steer if you go a bit faster. Yes, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To go properly, you need to go down the, uh, to go down the hill. You need yeah. to lean towards the valley to get a good turn. You need to commit to pointing your skis down the hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Weight the whole and all that. fear of the mountain and fear of the heights is something you have to get on top of to yeah. ski well yeah and it's a real just, balancing just, just getting on a 
just being on a ski lift that's taking you up a mountain can be a pretty scary experience. Absolutely. Because, you know, you've got to ski back down it. Yeah, and I think some people aren't... I don't think myself as being wildly scared of heights, but I do find the mountain heights scary. I'm, I'm, it's I'm a real, very scared of heights, yeah. It's a balancing act, you know, because you have to... Some of these fears... If you're skiing down a really steep slope, you've got to be scared, you've got to be careful. But if you're looking at a big view and it makes you think, whoa... You've just got to ignore that fear. Yes. So you've got to, it's like this weird sort of rating of fears. Some of them are useful and you've worthwhile. And other ones, you can just ignore. You've got to embrace at that moment. Yeah. But you've also got to stay away from skiing off the edge. Yeah, don't do that. If you're near an edge, I find that very scary. Yeah. Off a sheer edge. And it can make you ski very badly. Yeah, totally. Uh, when I had my... And, and cry. I had a brilliant skiing teacher years ago. And... Uh, he took us all, he taught us all to ski. We got our bends in, no one was snow playing anymore. We were, I think we were a pretty shonky group. Yeah. And he got good work out of us, we were going down. He could even take us down the occasional red run. Yeah. And, uh, and then he took us up to the top of the mountain. And, and we had a fairly easy um, <laughs> zigzag down the ridge. And uh, we couldn't do it, yeah. because each edge of the piece was the edge of the mountain. Yes. And you could just see sky sort of below you. You can see, but also every now and again, you just see two ski marks going off, going off the edge. Yeah, and you think, Wait, no, no, no. You think what happened to those? Yeah, what what, what class were they on? Did they come back? That's the first time we've seen other people in a while. Yeah. A couple of people walking their dog it's there. Pretty uh, deserted, actually. So, and I think that... You have to look up. You have to say hello to the mountain. Yeah. The Panorama. The trees, you've got to open your chest, haven't you? You've got you to look down to, to the valley, you are not going to ski to the valley, it's miles away. I don't know where this is. The tendency is to look down, isn't it? And then you get scared. That's right. Look at your feet. Well, that's the thing. Then you get to the stuff that I really enjoyed, which is basically. Um, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to bend our rule and start going left now because I don't want to get lost and run out of the heath again. Okay. We're going to start bearing towards Gospel Oak. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, there's a few things. Like, if you take a beautiful picture of the mountain vista, yeah. it just looks great. But when you're there, it's scary because of all the yes. space. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. find that's an analogy for life. You know, I dream about mountains when I'm feeling scared or excited. It's the way, right. it's the way my psyche it's a a metaphor um, uh, processes kind of it, the exciting moments in life, particularly worky ones, sort of ambitious right. things. Right. And I dream of mountains and steep slopes, and it's that thing of being excited and scared all at the same time. And it's amazing that you think, you know, the person who drew the, took the picture of the mountain that's on the side of the mineral water bottle, from that point, they th could think to themselves, whoa, it's pretty precipitous up here. And that's what life is like, you know, you've got to take the fear along with the beauty. And uh, the other one that I felt was, it's tying it all together. Like tied notes, my kids are learning their musical instruments at the moment, and they're, they're good. They're, uh, how middle class am I, by the way? Just got back from skiing. The kids are learning. Uh, yeah, but you were working. It was very difficult in, <laughs> in France because... Feel the fear. I, I'm vegan, you know, they're <laughs> vegan and home with cheese. Can you fear imagine? and beauty. This could I be funny. Pank. Uh, that nearly actually happened. Branch, seriously ahead of me. That's the branch I could have run into. Paul Tonkinson pictured for scale. Yeah, so... But yeah, they're learning... One's on the flute, the other one's on the trumpet, and they play the notes. They play a tune, it goes, but no, no, note, yeah. note, note, 
But in written music, you've got the thing where they put a line over it and you tie the notes. Right. And then you end up with a phrase. Yeah. La, 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 la. We get that in comedy, you know? Yes. We know that our sets are entirely made up of these notes. smart lines and funny bits. But it really works for an audience. If you can tie it all together, if you like get it float together. Not even it doesn't have to be. A, I was going to say like a story, but oh, that's a green woodpecker flying off there. Like a that's series cool. of musical moments. Yes, like a series of arias. Aria, like I'm singing an comedic aria. paragraphs. And the skiing's like that Perfectly too. Perfectly honed. So when you're worrying about it and you're not that good, you're thinking, turn here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn yeah. here, yeah. and then you actually think, turn, 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 and then in the end. You just ski. And so we turn. Yeah, yeah. And it reminds you of running, because it's not like we think footstep, 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 footstep. Which is why it's actually really good fun, if you can, to ski with kids. Yeah. Because kids just mess about. Yeah. And they're great because they don't feel that fear, or they don't feel the need to ski right. They just have enough skiing. They just enjoy it. And you get loads better, loads quicker, because you've got to stay with them. Because it is. Because you're looking after them. I was thinking about that, because my kids were there, obviously, and I was thinking... Oh, what my son think of this? It's like, well, he loves sledging. I was thinking, yeah, skiing is just really fancy sledging. Yeah. It's sledging where you're standing up and you can steer. That's brilliant. Yeah. But that's not how you think of it, is it? Because you get all the clothes and you go to the Do airport. Right. Yes. I think I'll have a, I think I can reward myself with a small glass of wine. No, but it's, that's also things that stress people out before races, isn't it? Yeah. It's all the paraphernalia of the race. Yeah. Or, you know, as it is with the skiing, like the race, you've got to find out where it starts, where you've got to be, where am I going to leave my clothes, where am I going to do this? Am I, am I hydrated? Have I eaten too early? Can I go to the toilet? Yeah, yeah. And yes, we saw people before the Bath Half Marathon looking really scared at times. Yeah, yeah. And it's because it's become it's a overcomplicated. Yeah, and it's a moment you've got to live through, but ultimately it also doesn't matter. I mean, I felt that today. We're coming out thinking, you're going to run 20 miles today. Yeah. It just makes you nervous, but that first 15 minutes has really no bearing yeah. on that. And the skiing, again, it's the same, particularly with heights. It's just so scared at the top. Yeah. And if you spend any time waiting... It gets worse. It compounds itself. It's just time spent with yourself thinking yeah. about stuff. It's not healthy. Always but also, it's aware of like, you've run before. Yeah. You've skied before. This is going to be fine. Yeah. You can do this. You're with all these thousands of people and you're going to go for a run. Yes. And that's all a race is. And particularly, the luxury of a long run is whatever you're thinking now, you'll be thinking something else later. Yeah. You know, and that's true at any given point. You could think that at mile 23, yeah. thinking I'm hurting so much, this is the worst day of my life. And then get to mile 25 and a half and think, this is quite good. Oh, I'm all right, I'm enjoying this. Quite putting a burst, yeah. <laughs> it's like that guy we saw at the start of the bath half with all this. We saw the goo warrior, didn't we? He was drinking the gel. He was drinking gel before the race. It's such a lack of trust in your body. Then. You've got to let your body have a go yeah. before you re- replace your own yeah, yeah, yeah. system with At least carbohydrates. Yeah. I mean, you're clearly someone with a fit body if you're thinking you can run a half marathon. And, and he, not looks just really, he looks really fit. Yeah. Half marathon, mind you know. So, I mean, yeah. I've got it in my head that you kind of run out of energy at about an hour and a half. And that's when you might want to think about 
supplementing. Yeah. Or not. I think a bit later, actually, but... Yeah. Everyone's... I would say, but not slightly before... What am I, by the start? No. <laughs> you don't want to be injecting yourself with steroids at the start of a park run. <laughs> you know. Although that guy was the other day, wasn't he? <laughs> As we gave him a round of applause. Into his eye. Here we have the steroid user. Yes! <laughs> I like the rounds of applause at the start of a park run. Yeah, but the, the one that, we do... Is that what's on that? No. No, you need to pop to the opticians, because that's just the man with dark hair. That's as he far as the similarity goes. He doesn't have the strained... Now we're in a nice bit of Hampstead Heath now because they're running over the top of the hill and we're going to pop out onto Parliament Hill, also known as Kite Hill with its spectacular view of London. So this is us coming through the woods on the top of the hill. It's very nice. So do you know where you are now? Yeah, when we get to the top here, we'll see how far we come. Right. And we can either go down the hill to Gospel Oak um, speedily or, or with a bit of a loop. So, but this is really gorgeous if you... Haven't been to Hampstead Heath. What are you thinking? It's a really nice spot. It's a great place to run. They used to have the English National Cross Country Championship too. I mean, it's perfect for cross country. Yeah, yeah. I think a little while ago, I'd have been scared of all the ups and downs and narrow paths and wide paths. And, you know, we fear change. But you're okay? I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah. I'm loving it, loving it, I loving it. it. I came here with... My family once, yeah. and we had a picnic up here, and I had a box of uh, cubes of cheese for the kids, and we were eating all kinds of things, and then a dog, there was about, probably about 100 people here on top of the hill, because it was a nice sunny day, it was quite a crowd, it was a bit like Glastonbury or something, Yeah. and a big dog just appeared next to our picnic, and just started eating the cheese what? from the little Tupperware box. What? And I was livid, and I bellowed with extreme volume. Yeah. Your dog's in our cheese! <laughs> <laughs> and I would say that everyone on the heath, possibly with the exception of the owner of the dog, heard me. Any action? Uh, any action taken? No, the owner of the dog arrived about ten minutes later. That's it, Top of Kite Hill. Very good view of London. We were here the other week, weren't we? No, we were at Primrose Hill the other week. Were we? All oh, right, okay. Yeah, similar kind of thing. We'll be there later going to be everywhere today. Right, we need to stand still because we need to know how far we've gone. How far did your watch say we've gone? How far do you feel it's like we've gone? It's 5.7. Okay, so we're going to loop slightly. Yeah, we've gone. Have we got, we're not that close to Gosloak, but we'll loop around this way. Here we okay. go. My watch is actually going to conk out any second. <laughs> we're running, uh, did we say, we're running after the Farago with the 17 miles the other day, which you can take a word for it, we did run, but there's no evidence of it anyway. No. Um, we're running so did a, it happen? It's, with Duracell yeah. Bunny moment, we've got, um, and that was the day you fell over in the forest without making a sound, isn't yeah. it? Um, uh, it we, Paul's watch is about to run out, yeah. and then we'll be on to Runkeeper <laughs> on my mobile phone, until <laughs> that runs out. And then we're on Strava on the running commentary mobile phone. Did, did they start up fully charged? <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah, and, I, and also I stared at them for a while, which always helps things run well. Do people know about our technological commitments to running commentary by the fact that we, we got another phone each purely for running commentary? Yeah, that's right. Which I haven't worked out to use yet. Yeah, the, the, it's, a, it's, a real, <laughs> it's a real conflict, isn't it, between our commitment to this and wanting to kind of talk to you and share our photos and runs and be able to share even the runs we're not on 
together yeah. and be on Twitter and just interact with the fact that we're both dads in our 40s and they yeah. give us a new mobile phone and we go, um, uh, I'm gonna, I think I'll go back to the I'll, shop. I'll put it in the fridge. You'll show me what to it's do. Working. <laughs> also, it was funny going and buying mobile phones together, wasn't it? It was a bit of a commitment. Yeah. It's a different kind of commitment to when we went into the woods together. But yeah. Some we're having an affair with the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> So I'm running with a phone in each hand, like a uh, you like, like a teenager would. Yeah. <laughs> so we turned back. We got to that beautiful view from Kite Stroke Parliament Hill, and now we're gonna we turn right, which is gonna make a little loop of the top of the hill, and uh, finish up where we started. But we're not gonna finish. No, because we're gonna start up again. We're gonna that carry be on. Part one. We're gonna go beyond. I suppose everyone's yeah. running. Running long runs now, everyone who's doing the London Marathon. And there's a lot of people doing Mar- uh, Manchester app, which is two weeks before. Yeah. So they're almost so beginning they'll be to taper. taper. Yeah. Oh, the taper. Ah, the taper. The joys of the taper. Ah, sweet taper. I don't like a taper. I get it. I've, I've never done actually done enough training to warrant a taper before. Well. But I think this time I will have. The simple... I want to remember. The simple... Uh, that's four magpies, one's for sorry, two for joy, three for girl, four for a boy, five for silver, six for gold, seven for a secret never to be told, eight for whelks, nine, you will go on a short for trip, a um, ten, you should probably think about starting a magpie zoo, <laughs> yeah. eleven, forty-six, oh, magpie people. <laughs> 322, I'm <laughs> um, tripping, on magpies. Five, you have now become a magpie. <laughs> um, yeah, because I run Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and always sort of did. Yeah, it's different now. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I just find that just winding down at last week, the, the one bit of tapering that I've definitely got on top of and definitely worked is is basically doing a half a run or less on, on that Friday. Yeah. So you get all ready, get all stretched up, and you head out there. And then you and run. You just don't do much. You just get warmed up and you stop. Yeah. And I think that's close enough within whatever, you know, 48 hours, maybe even 36. And your body's thinking, I thought I was going to get a run. Yeah, yeah. And then you combine that with, you know, ideally, Some plenty sweet. of rest and the right yeah. kind of food. And your body is really are ready to go. Yeah. But I think pulling it back a week, like the Monday before, that's a, you, you need to taper then as well. I mean, apart from anything else, you just want to avoid getting injured or whatever. Well, you don't and that's much harder. I think two weeks. Should we talk taper quickly? Yeah. As we taper to the end of this run. Absolutely. I think for two weeks to go, you want to do your last long run. Yeah. And then you've got another couple of weeks. You can do a couple of quality sessions, but just reduce the mileage. Keep the quality up. Yeah. And when and you say your last long run, do you think that's just like 20 miles or two weeks to go or just longer? I think, I think 20, 22 miles. See, I don't know if I'm... I wouldn't trust myself to not still be feeling that. Right. And for also... Yeah, absolutely. I think I don't get full recovery from a long run for three weeks. And right. also, I've had really nice... 20, the first two times I did the London Marathon, I ran 20, 21 miles, and that was like the run of the year. Yeah. And then when I ran the marathon, I was oh, a bit tired. Right. So I think that maybe I'd be a bit scared to go that far oh, at that okay. point. Right. So, you know, just for a comparative... Uh, yeah, 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 that's fair enough. <laughs> I mean, if you still feel you're going to feel it, but... But after two weeks, obviously, you don't want any long, long runs. 
No. And, but you still want to keep the quality up. Yeah. But just short of miles. So we'll come back to Hampstead, yeah? We'll or maybe go to somewhere like Venice. Yeah, yeah. Or is that not what you mean by quality? Get your long reps in, mate. Make sure you go past somewhere get really your, nice. Get your burst, your mile reps in. Because um, the other thing is maybe I'm wrong about the whole feeling it thing. Because it's interesting how surfacial, you know, that it works at different levels. I mean, this uh, park run and then the run I did yesterday, uh, yeah. on Monday on morning. Monday, yeah. Um, they... Uh, they felt great, so I'm definitely feeling fit, but equally, I'm still, I'm tired. Yeah. You know, I've had a lot of stuff going on. Yes. I never really got a chance to recover from that half. Then yeah, I went skiing. Yeah, I was totally. hurting from skiing. Do you get a it's actually quite heartening fatigue. to look at yourself and think, well, I'm tired and yeah. various parts of my body ache quite a lot. Yeah. But on the other hand, I'm fit. Yeah. I'm fit as a yeah. butcher's dog. We've looked round, and now if we look up to the right, you can see the hill we were at the right. top. Right, okay, I see it. Your dog's in our cheese. Not your dog, sorry. <laughs> Trouble is when I repeat that your dog's in our cheese bellow, there's always someone nearby with the dog, which is ironic, nice. because nice on the day it happened, there was no one. There so what no happened? What, what happened to the... Did the, dog just was, did the dog just stay there scoffling your cheese? Could you not do anything Oh, about it went it? away. Right. But it was too late. The cheese yeah. was ruined. Yeah. And... Uh, dog's slobbering all over you. Yeah, cheese. you know what a dog's slobbering over your cheese. And uh, I spoke... Either th- I don't think I'm quite catching how loud yeah. I said it, you know. It was an uncomfortable moment for... For everyone. For everyone on the heath. Yeah. You know, in a film, you would have had all the crows in a faraway tree... Did it make all flow, the, uh, flying up into the sky Did it at once. make the local news? Yeah, well, Man in dog cheese controversy. <laughs> Crazy Musical dog cheese man. Rob Shouts on heat. Yeah. And uh, probably the most important thing is that my children thought it was hilarious and still yeah. occasionally just say it out of the blue. Yeah, that, is a, that is a magnificent Dalmatian. Really, really good. Is it liver spotted or is it black spots? Hello, mate. Look at that, you're gorgeous. Marvellous dog. It's so it's great when you get family family jokes like that. Family phrases. Yeah, yeah. They also my family also sing the song Daddy is a donkey. Which I sang once when I did a stupid thing. Yeah. And they've uh, they've kept it. They find it useful, irritatingly often. That white post is where they had an early parliament. That's why it's called Parliament Hill. Nice bit of local info. Check it out. This is where we first peeled off the path, so that's a good loop. So So we're looking at this is probably a good time to stop. It's about 6.6 miles here. So if you want to run seven miles-ish, come to Gospel Oak Station and keep around the edge of Hampstead Heath until you've gone off into car parks and out onto the open road one too many times. Slide over the hill... And you'll be back. That is the end of part one of our long run. Tune in for a moment to hear more. Get in touch with us if you fancy on the old Facebook. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Twitter. Yep, Runcom Pod on Twitter. It's a Facebook page. You know where we are. And happy running. Yeah, enjoy it.